Well, good evening. It's lovely to be back here again. I was slightly worried that the, the, the fire door I thought was going to be opened so you could exit before I'd spoken. Uh, but here's hoping the Lord will bless us this evening. Well, it's lovely to be here uh, once again. Thank you, uh, Ian, for leading us. Thank you, Wendy, for praying. Thank you, Sylvia, for, for playing. Um, I bring war- warmest greetings from Homegate, uh, as usual. As a fellowship, we continue to pray for the, for the church here and the work and the ministry uh, at Walton. It's great to be able to come. Let's just uh, commit our time to the Lord in prayer now. Loving Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll open up our, our hearts and our minds this evening in readiness to listen. Help us as we consider this topic of prayer. Help us the, to grasp the importance of communicating with you and to make it a priority in our lives. I pray too, Lord, that the words I use this evening may be honouring to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to focus our attention on the subject of prayer. Matthew 6, verses 5 through to 14, which we've read tonight, is a passage all about prayer. Now, we're going to reference this passage, but we're also going to jump around a little bit, which is what we've done before, last time I was here. And we're going to be thinking about not perseverance in prayer, that is one of the principles, but we're going to be looking at principles of prayer. And that's the sermon title. Now, prayer is the foundation of a relationship with Christ. It's the way we can communicate with our Saviour. It provides us with a healthy balance and it enables us to spiritually grow. Your prayer life is very revealing. Because it reveals how much you really want a relationship with God. And it also reveals how much you really depend on God. So let me ask you, how is your prayer life going at the moment? Now, whilst I'm not here tonight to lecture you or to make you feel guilty, I do want you to think about it carefully and give it some thought And if I was to answer my own question, then I'd say my prayer life is a bit like my old school reports. And I kind of need to be quite careful here because there is somebody that used to write some of my school reports sitting in this congregation. But my school reports often used to say the same sort of thing over and over again. Ben, he's a likable lad, but he needs to concentrate. And he could do better I've probably missed out the word much, but he could do better. It was pretty much a repeated phrase across all the subjects in school, with the exception of one, and that was PE. I could be motivated for PE, so why couldn't I take the motivation for PE into the classroom? That's probably a question that will remain unanswered even today. We can often start well, and I think I did that when I was at school, when the going gets tough, we sometimes we give up. It's all too easy. We just think, eh, I'll stop. We don't put the effort in or we don't give it the dedication that it deserves. And this is a little like my prayer life at times. That's an honest admission. But I imagine I'm not alone. Do you push your prayer time aside when other priorities arise? Do you set out with good intentions but then fall at the first hurdle? 
You see, our prayer life is important. It's an opportunity to communicate with God. It's an opportunity to speak directly with our Father in heaven. Think. If you had something to say to a family member, then you'd just go ahead and say it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't kind of, well, I lack the time, so I shan't. You make the time. You speak to a member of your household. So why do we so easily give up the opportunities we have to speak with our God? Well, tonight, we're going to look at six principles. Six principles that hopefully might help us to pray. As you follow these principles, the aim is that they'll help you grow in your prayer life. They'll help you in your prayer life and they'll help you grow closer to God. So the first of these is pray with a plan. It's important to pray with a plan. I'm sure you all know the saying, failure to prepare is being prepared to fail. If you don't have a plan for prayer, then you're unlikely to pray on a regular basis. Now, this doesn't mean that you should just stop praying spontaneously or when called. But when we engage in regular daily prayer time, we should adopt a plan. So, with that in mind, have a specific time and a place. I can't stress the importance of trying to maintain this. Having a specific time and a place set aside for prayer is really important. Building into your, your, your daily routine might be tricky, but we must make it a priority. You see, Jesus had a specific time and place for prayer. Mark 1, verse 35, which I think is the reference, if you can see that on the screen, but you need x-ray vision. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So perhaps early in the morning, in this solitary place, this was Jesus' time and place. And there's other references to that throughout the scripture. It was a time and a place where he could go to pray and be uninterrupted. Now, I appreciate finding a solitary place in a house full of children. I have two. It can be hard. However, if you can, find that specific room or even just a chair where you can sit and pray. Wherever it is you decide, try and get some uninterrupted time for prayer. Now, again, I know what you're thinking. Well, Ben, that's impossible. I've got to go to work for at least eight hours a day. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to eat my meals. I've got to talk to my spouse. I've got to take care of the house. I've got to take care of a hundred million other different jobs that I've got to do each and every week. How can I find time for prayer? Well, Jesus modeled for us the kind of life we are to live in dependence of the Father. Jesus prayed frequently. He prayed quietly and he committed himself to it. He would spend many a night in prayer praying for others. Luke 6 verse 12 reads, One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He struggled for five, ten minutes. He spent the night praying to God. Despite all that was going on in his life, Jesus prayed. See, prayer is not optional. It's not just an optional activity for those believers who are perhaps more committed. 
it's a necessity for every believer because it acknowledges our total dependence on God. If you aren't finding time to pray, then you aren't finding or you aren't depending, should I say, on God. And believe me, if you think you can handle life on your own, well, you've got a shock coming your way. Your prayer life is important. So make a plan. Have a specific time and a place where you can dedicate yourself to pray. Secondly, within this plan, have, have a bit of a structure. For, for the sake of providing an example, here's a structure that I try and use. It's certainly not the best, I'm sure, but it works for me, and it's called the 2020. I bet you could even work out what that might be. 20 minutes in God's word, followed by 20 minutes of prayer time. I usually try and spend this time in my study, sitting on a, a comfy chair, but I've also known others to go out, they grab a drink before then opening up God's word. And then once they're finished, they might grab a coat, they go out, they head out the door, and then they go for a, like a 20-minute prayer walk around the estate in which they live. Reading scripture helps us get to know God. It brings life to our prayers. If you want to have a more effective conversation with God, then read scripture. Let David's words in the Psalms strengthen your prayers. Stop in the Gospels to pray a, a verse that strikes you, asking God to work that truth into your heart. Or let the words of Paul's letters give you specific prayer requests for you and the people you love. Now, reading scripture will certainly aid your prayer life. So make it a part of your schedule. So can I encourage you to set aside a, a specific time and a place for prayer, a time each and every day for just you and the Lord? But we need to be careful because if we set that time and that place, we shouldn't just naturally do it and then think, Poof, that's duty, that's my, that's my ritual done, I've prayed, I can forget about it and carry on. Meditate on it daily. Have that time to set aside that for the rest of your day. Let it guide your thoughts for that day. If you can do this, then it will change your life. Secondly tonight, pray with a purpose. It's equally as important to pray with a purpose. You must ensure that your prayer life or your prayer time has some balance. Again, there are lots of ways to achieve this. Acts, which is up on the screen for you there, you know, is just one good method. Using this will help you provide some balance to your prayer life. Now, I'm sure some of you are looking at thinking, well, Ben, it's okay, I, I know that already. But you know what? It's good to be reminded. So what does it stand for? Well, the A is for adoration. Begin your, prayer, your time of prayer in adoration. Praise God for who he is and what he's done, is doing, and will do. Psalm 29 verse 2 reads, Ascribe to the Lord glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Secondly, there, there's the C, which stands for confession. Spend time confessing your sins. Come before the Lord in confession and ask for God for his forgiveness. We, we're, doing a, we're doing a series in 1 John, uh, uh, book of 1 John, 
uh, up over at Homegate. And verse 9 of 1 John 1 reads, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Then there's the T, which stands for thanksgiving. Thank God for his many blessings. We must always have a thankful heart. We must thank God for his many gifts. Despite the difficulties we face, we should always find a reason to thank God. This will then help us not to compare ourselves with others. We should never compare what we have with what someone else has. In the same way, we, we shouldn't complain about what we have or we don't have. We should always be thankful to God in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, there's the S. Stands for supplication. Bring your requests before God. James 4 verse 2 says you do not have because you do not ask God if you don't have forgiveness it's because you haven't asked for it if you don't have victory over your sin it's because you haven't asked for it many times the reasons you don't have something is because you you simply don't ask asking is crucial not just because it's rewarding but because it's a privilege as a Christian, the privilege we have is that when we ask, our Father in heaven listens. He hears us and he listens to us. So it's important we give a purpose to our prayers. Don't just pray for things, but also spend time in adoration, confession and thanksgiving. Thirdly, this evening... Pray in the name of Jesus. This is our third principle for this evening. Pray in the name of Jesus. You can pray day and night if you want, but if you don't pray in the name of Jesus, then your prayers aren't going anywhere. It's a simple concept to grasp, really. It makes sense. Imagine you recognize someone in a crowd and you want their attention. Let's just say they're called Tiago. Unless you call him by name, he won't hear you. Hoping Megan agrees. And he certainly won't answer you if you call him by a different name. So what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Are these just like magic words? Words that you just add to the end of your prayers just to make it work? No. It means so much more than that. So what does it mean when we pray in the name of Jesus? Well, first of all, it means to pray with Jesus as your mediator. 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6 tells us, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. There are many reasons why we need a mediator when we pray. God is in heaven, we are on earth. We need a mediator. God has no limits, we are very limited. We need a mediator. God is holy, we are sinners, we need a mediator. Jesus is the perfect mediator. Mediator. He is both God and man. 
He died on the cross for our sins. He stands in that gap between us and God. He is the only mediator. There is nobody else who can do this. So to pray in the name of Jesus means to pray with Jesus as our mediator. Secondly, praying in Jesus' name means praying with the authority of Jesus. Jesus says in uh, John 16, verses 23 to 24, which read, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So, when you pray in your own authority, what happens? Answer, nothing. Nothing happens because we don't have any authority of our own. But when you pray with the authority of Jesus, well, what happens? Well, Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and earth. So now your prayers are going to be more effective. Fourthly, tonight, Pray in the accordance of God's will. We're going to reference here the passage we looked at or that was read for us this evening. Fourthly, we must learn to pray in accordance of God's will. Jesus would never pray anything against God's will. And so we, we, we can't pray in Jesus' name unless we are also praying according to God's will. Pray for God's will to be done. Whatever you pray... You need to pray for God's will to be done. This is the second part of the Lord's Prayer. Right after, hallowed be your name, in verse 9 of our passage, we get to verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is, it is in heaven. So submit your will to God's will. Pray for God's will to be done and then submit your own will to his. Jesus set the example for this when he prayed in Gethsemane. In Luke 22, verse 42, we read his prayer. Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We might think we know God's will in a situation, but only God really knows. And so when you pray, submit your will to God's will, not my will, but yours be done. So we've considered the importance of praying with a plan and with a purpose. We've looked at praying in the name of Jesus and in accordance of God's will. Now we've reached our penultimate principle, which is pray with faith. There's another reason that God doesn't always answer our prayers. He doesn't always answer them as we don't always pray with faith. Here are three quick instructions for praying with faith. First of all, approach God with confidence. 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15 read, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. When you approach God in Jesus' name, praying with Jesus as your mediator, praying with the authority of Jesus, 
praying with the accordance of God's will, you can have every confidence as you approach God in prayer. God's will is revealed in his word, which is why it's important to know the Bible. When you pray according to God's word, you can approach with confidence, knowing that you're praying for God's will to be done. Secondly, ask in faith. James 1, verses 6 and 7 tells us, But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. It doesn't make any sense to ask God for things in prayer if you don't believe that he will answer. You must ask in faith, believing that God will indeed answer your prayers. The final instruction for praying with faith is to accept God's promises. Psalm 145 verse 13 reads, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. Now, whilst there's some debate over the total number, there are over 3,000 promises of God in Scripture. And you know what? God has never broken a single one of those promises. So let me share a story with you if I may. The first surprise was that I was tidying our house. And the second surprise was that as I was going through a drawer, I found a handful of gift cards. I'm just quickly looking, nobody bought me any here, so that's lucky. Maybe the Carters, but I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I flick through and, and, and I find that some of them were in date. Sadly, a lot of them weren't in date. And I don't know about you, but I found that pretty frustrating. It's like a free gift, wasted. Now, according to a BBC report, the UK wastes 250 million a year on store gift cards. Some money's wasted on unclaimed cards. Some from, you know, when you go and buy something, there's a little bit of change left over and they, they won't give you money. They just say it's on the card. Some are... Some have money just left on them. But I imagine I'm not alone in not redeeming a gift card. Now, I'm not expecting you to wave your arm and say, yeah, I'm one of those. But I'm pretty sure there's a fair few of us sitting here that have them dotted around at home in drawers or perhaps in wallets. Such a shame. These gift cards are already paid for, just waiting to be used. Well, isn't that the same with God's promises? God's promises in some measure are like these unused gift cards. God has given us over 3,000 gift cards and Jesus has already paid for all of them. Don't let them go to waste. Don't let them go unclaimed. Accept God's promises and turn his promises into your prayers. Because if you do, then I'm sure you'll see some remarkable answers to your prayers. Finally, for this evening, pray with perseverance. So as we draw to a close, our final principle is pray with perseverance. 
perseverance and faith, they, well, they go together. Sometimes we don't get what we ask. Sometimes we stop short or we lack faith. We pray with little conviction or perhaps our prayers are a little half-hearted. It's like we're just going through the motions because, well, we feel we have to. We give up on prayer because we don't really believe. God wants you to persevere in prayer. He wants us all to persevere in prayer. So here are two instructions which are found in the Gospels. Firstly, keep on asking, seeking and knocking. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Well, the command in this prayer can be translated, or the application could be, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep seeking and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps asking receives. He who keeps seeking finds. And to, and to him who keeps knocking, the door will be opened. So we must keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. We must persevere in prayer. So, secondly there, always pray and never give up. Luke 18 verse 1 reads, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He goes on to tell a parable about uh, a woman and an unjust judge. The judge neither feared God nor, nor cared about men. The woman came to the judge with a plea. She came over and over and over again. Again and again and again. He refused her plea until finally he granted her request. Now he granted her request on the grounds that she kept bothering him. Well, in contrast, God is not an unjust judge. He is your loving father. So even if an unjust judge grants a persistent request, how much more then will your loving father answer when you come to him? That's the confidence that we have in prayer. That's the confidence that helps us to persevere in our prayer. God doesn't want you to ask once and then forget about it. Perseverance is part of faith. We need to keep asking, seeking and knocking. We should always pray and never give up. So as we draw to a close tonight, what can we take away with us? Well, my prayer for us all is that these principles of prayer may prove useful. That they may help us as we consider our personal prayer lives. Pretty sure I've not told you anything new tonight. But it's always good to be reminded. Because our prayer life is important. It's an opportunity to communicate with God. God invites us to come to him through his son Jesus. He invites us through the name of Jesus to ask him for things in prayer. Now that is incredible. So let's take advantage of this amazing privilege of prayer. 
Let's follow God's instructions so that we might be effective in prayer. Let's be effective in prayer for God's glory. Let's be effective in prayer for God's kingdom. Let's be effective in prayer for the good of those around us. God asks us to pray. So let's do it. Lord, help us to pray and help us to do it right. Amen.